All right. Welcome back to My Life, Sam Radford. On this week's episode, we have Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania legend, three-time reigning king of the dot champion, the noggin chopper, Real Deal, <laughs> a.k.a. Trevor Weller. Real Deal, thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, bro. So first, um, what was it like growing up in Pittsburgh for you, man? Um, Pittsburgh is, you know, it's, it's blue collar. It's very, you know, sports town, football per se. Hills, bro. Pittsburgh is all hills. I always tell people, man, if you're coming through the burg, it's, it's hills. So winter hits us especially harder. You know what I'm saying? Because every, every, it's literally hills everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, in, in a pretty, like, pretty like rough little neighborhood in Pittsburgh, man. But you know, you make the most of it. So. Yeah. All right, man. Well then, okay. So let's talk about your intro to rap. So like, I know everybody listens to music growing up, you know, especially as a kid, you're kind of a fan of everything, but what was that moment when you fell in love with hip hop? Here's the wild thing, man. Like <clears throat> I'm, I'm naturally like, you know, like classic rock, like, you know what I mean? I grew up like CCR. Um, I mean, of course, like when I was really young and I remember Bone came out with that Crossroads record or East 99 was dope, but I really liked Snoop. Snoop was my favorite rapper for years and years and years. And then Jay-Z, you know, I liked Eminem, but I, my, my ear was all over the place. You know what I mean? Like I liked music from every kind of genre. So um, I, honestly, man, I, I'm probably one of the least knowledgeable hip hop people. You know what I mean? Like j- just being honest, like, um, but Snoop, I remember I would buy every Snoop album. I still have probably like 15 Snoop Dogg records. Um, I really liked, and I always tell I was, now this, I was probably, I was in high school is, uh, Bubba Sparks. I really dug Bubba Sparks, but the reason, the reason I dug him was corny. So everyone that liked a white rapper was on the Eminem train. And I had, I like in the back of my mind knew he was really great, like really good, but just to be different. I'm like, no, I like this other dude, you know what I mean? But I actually did like, you know, above sparks music still do. And, uh, and I do like Eminem's, uh, catalog and music, but, um, yeah, man, I, I was a little all over the place as far as when I started rapping, um, you know, we just rapping just came easier to me because I can't sing. You know what I mean? You, I think, you know, um, we would sit down and my buddy had a computer and we would get these beats that had like the terrible tags at the beginning. They sound like a scratchy robot. And we didn't even know how to count bars. We just counted seconds until the until the the thing changed. We put out a CD and pressed it. It was so bad. Like, but um, and, you know, it felt good. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, in, in battle rap, I always was good at, at like roasting and cutting on people because I had to be, you know what I'm saying? Like I was poor, the school I was, that was pretty tough. You know, if you couldn't, if you couldn't roast back. So, um, that came naturally. And when I started rapping, like right around the time I started to try to, you know, do shows and all that stuff, Wiz Khalifa was getting a push. And if you look and think who would be the most opposite person of real deal, you'd think Wiz Khalifa, right? So I'm like, man, like he, they would put him on every bill, even if it was like a local one that, that drew some. So I'm like, I need to find something to, to separate myself. So battle rap, you know, you think about this. If someone was like, hear my song 
or watch my battle, you're probably more inclined as an, as an outside fan to be like, oh, I'll, I'll watch someone get roasted or made fun of rather than, yeah, let me hear the 500th rap song that I heard today. So, um, yeah, man, I, I started doing that. And, I, you know, Pittsburgh at the time, I didn't know, but we actually had a pretty solid little history with battle rap. We had a couple people make Scribble Jam. Um, we was, Ghost Noun was freestyle literally all day. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, he battled Mac Lethal a couple times at Scribble, and, and like both times were very debatable. Then we had Ron Noodles, who was another one. He, Ron Noodles made it all the way to the to final four of Scribble and ended up losing to Mac Lethal. But at the time, there was this show we would do. Uh, it was called Rhyme Calisthenics, and it was like a, a, a wheel of fortune, and you would spin it, and whatever it would land on, you would do. So if it's a mirror match, they bring out a mirror and they play like, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. And you had to battle yourself. And they had all kinds of stuff like that. It was super dope and, and helped as an MC a lot. Like Mac Miller used to do it with me. Like we was me, like Mac was so young at the time. And then I was, I, but battle wise, I was just killing stuff until I got Ron Noodle smoked. I didn't even really know who he was. I just knew they was made. He was a judge at this battle and people were making a big deal out of him. And, I, you know, I, I was outside freestyle and he was outside freestyle. So he, he ends up smoking me, but he's really cool. So afterwards, he's like, he's like, yo, I want to get you, you know, some plates. There's this thing I'm involved with called the WRCs. You know, this is 06 or something. And if you watch the WRCs, when they roll the credits at the end, you see Ron Noodle's name. So he's like, I, I want to get a Pittsburgh kind of thing started. So I did one of those battles in Pittsburgh. I went on the, the website, jump off. I didn't even have a computer, went to the library, signed up for the 30 minutes, went on jump off and went down the rabbit hole. I'm like, who is this dude, Thesaurus and Ilmac? What is Scribble Jam? This is incredible. You know what I mean? I'd be, I, I, so I got kind of addicted that way. Ended up um, going down to Scribble Jam in 07. And uh, a lot of this like, cool history story like ph judged my he didn't judge it he was the host of my um scribble prelim i ended up getting in i won in the first round and all of a sudden i have to battle thesaurus in the second round and just watching him on the scribble jam stage was different. everyone talks about gray hoodie lux or whatever and that's great like he is great but if you don't remember scribble jam thesaurus man this dude was just different man like when he lost it would be a big deal people would be like what so he absolutely he, so he beats me pretty soundly but afterwards i remember thinking okay when they upload it because I, I i don't even know who would upload it but it would it would end up on youtube i'm like people are gonna say yo this dude lost but he's pretty dope now this is before i became I knew how brave internet people are. Like, so I go to the library a couple months later and uh, I finally, they dropped my first one, my win. And then they finally dropped me into source and I'm anxious. Like, man, it's going to be like one of them. were like, yo, this, you know, the source is the go, but this young dude's all right or whatever. They were like, yo, this dude should kill himself. He's horrible. What a fag. Like, just dragging me, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to get you flagged, but this is what they said. You know what I'm saying? They're like, that dude in the red and black is the word. Just nothing but, and I remember thinking, 
man, this might not be for me, man. Like, you know, this might've been something I was just locally decent at. I might throw my hand in like that. that I, I did not know how cruel you, that's why nowadays, man, I'm just like, whatever. But, um, you know, not to drone on, but, you know, it took me a couple months. Then I, I jumped in a couple more round calisthenics, did well with that. Went back to scribble in 08. And again, I won in the first round. I lost to uh, Twist in the second. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what a small world, man. It's so yeah, crazy. Ever, it's, the yep. battle rap is crazy. What I want to touch on first is I'm pissed that you mentioned rhyme calisthenics. I was going to try to stump you with that because that's oh. where you met, because I know that's where you met Mac Miller. Rest in peace and rest in peace mm-hmm. to Pumpkinhead as well. Um, and then second. So what he's talking about is he's a local guy. He's he's killing it in that scene. And then he goes to scribble right in 07 and he beats the first guy. So, like, imagine you're watching the NBA and somebody in the G League gets a 10 day contract. Like, I don't know if anybody watches uh, Sunday at a games for Utah one year. I don't know if anybody's a fan of basketball that crazily, but you say you have one good game as a G League player and then like, OK, this guy's getting hyped up. And then you have to guard LeBron James your next game, the rest the whole game. LeBron's going to beat you. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe if you didn't go against LeBron your second game after all your hype, like yeah. you're still going to, but like, then you're probably just beating yourself up. But then, so, okay. It, it, the crazy thing is I battled half blown in the first round. And I remember seeing him on WRC because I watched like a lot of the W and I'm next to the source and how scribble worked. They didn't tell you who won. They didn't tell you it was not, it just was nonstop. They'd be playing beats and all of a sudden you'd be like, all right, next up we got such and such and such and such. And they would just step from like, you know, like, like blood sport or something. He's right next to me. And I'll never forget this. They're like, are oh, we got the source and real deal? And he just goes, he turns and looks and he goes. And I'm like, I'm just like, all right. And then man, like he was super, 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 super cool after that. But um, yeah. So no, I, it's, that's, that's a, that's a perfect analogy, man. Just like, yo, can I get a, can I level up? Like that's, well, and another another level up on that is if he's LeBron is like when he talks about thesaurus and scribble, thesaurus is like an overweight dude. I'm an overweight dude, so I can say that. Um, anyways, uh it, but he moves with finesse in these in these freestyle battles. If you watch like him versus Justice or versus Real Deal, he's jumping and being aggressive with you at the stage. Like it's like that gif of Kanye just running all across the stage uh-huh. at his concert. It's insane how aggressive and he moves around. Like it's it's such a cool thing to see back in the day and to yeah. see him today too. Like the person who's gone with like it's crazy he's the the jay-z of battle rap i'd say you know like he is man he is every time i hear conversation about legends or goats or whatever i always got to let people know man if you are not throwing thesaurus's name somewhere in there like you are doing a complete disservice to battle rap and you are tunnel vision like you know what i'm saying the man has accolades amongst accolades has has created classics on every platform and in every yeah he is he is again he's somebody different for sure a hundred percent and like before we move on because I, I loved you like nailed my first question you you went on and then you went on to wrc's and everything but before we go on to like written battle rap what was it like for you freestyling in pittsburgh like what was the scene like in pittsburgh because like i didn't see people from pittsburgh until like you or ron noodles and things like that or even animal if i don't mm. remember animal from back in the grind time days but mm. yeah just what was it like in pittsburgh's uh scene there growing up because so, to be honest with you man like by the time i was coming up as a freestyle battler ron noodles uh, was he was not battling anymore so he just like was a judge at a battle that I entered 
And um, he was like, I guess, you know what I mean? Maybe it was good for him to see somebody that can actually do it, you know, because outside of those now and raw news, there really wasn't. And we're talking 06, 07, 08. So as you know, now there's like freestyle, like that kind of style. There really wasn't a lot of competition in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? And, and that's how like I would win a, a good deal of these rhyme calisthenics is um, one of the rounds you got to pick your topic. And I would always pick battle or whatever. And I would like drop verses on the whole, like the other three contestants. And people love that. Like they love battle rap. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, man, I, if I'm being honest with you, there wasn't really a scene. Um, even the, the two battlers that, had, you know, had had stopped battling. I think Noodles in 05 made it to the next round and then just disappeared. Like he didn't he didn't even do the next battle. <laughs> like so um yeah it wasn't exactly um crazy and, and the rock because the rhyme calisthenics was a well-rounded thing and it, it was super dope um but the transition happened with the, i remember being on the stage at scribble 08 and i remember people like oh if i battle this dude i got a round for him if i battle this dude I, and i remember thinking yeah freestyle battle rap's dead like you know what i mean grind time had started to they would release who won each division because I won a preliminary in Cleveland and they would release the winners of the preliminary. So you kind of, at least you got a name. And if you MySpace search them, you might get a profile. And so, yeah, 08 was just, and again, that thesaurus just went through everybody in 08. Um, but Sonny Bamboo had, had come up to me and he goes, and, and 08 validated what I thought in 07. Like, no can do. I'm, I'm talking to no can do. And he's like, yo, you were buddy with the red and black shirt last year. He's like, he was pretty dope. And I'm like, damn, like, I wish, you know what I mean? Had I known this before uh, YouTube guy 777 told me to kill myself, like, before the Chrissy Teigen era of telling people to kill themselves. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, man. So Sonny goes, look, man, I think you're dope. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I love, he was like, you battled her. He's like, you were in the red and black last year. I was gay. Cause I, he's like, uh, I was like, I lost a thesaurus. He's like, bro, we all lost a thesaurus. And I was like, okay. I'm looking around and there's a lot of people that lost. So he's like, look, man, we're doing grind time Midwest. We'd love to have you come out. And I, I was talking to Lush in the crowd. I, I, I want to say Lush was what, was he with madness? I, I, I don't want to, it was definitely Lush. I was like, yeah, man, this would be incredible. Um, so yeah, Sonny, I, I, I owe a ton, a ton, ton, ton to Sonny Bamboo. He was the first person to reach out with that extension and be like, yo, I think you double think you would do well in this league. Cause Sonny had connected through direct. And um, that was my first introduction to the, to the kind of written, the one I did for Ron noodles, the like WRC one uh, that was written as well too. So it was probably my second, you know, written scripted or written battle. I speak to all of you guys, like the OGs that have transitioned between like that, Oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, and everybody was like, "Man, it was a thin line." But everybody knew they were bringing rittens. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people still tried to act like they weren't, but you could tell. Yeah, and you could really tell with the guys who were freestyling at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had, I certainly had some pre bottles on the side of the stage. I'm like, oh yeah, like you know. And then it just, and I think freestyle battle rap had just ran its course, man. And it's you still to this day, super new on a on a like 
detached people from battle rap are so disappointed when you tell them it's not freestyle and you're like, trust me, it's better though. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like that's, is very impressive to just go off the top and whatever, but it is better. You know, take my word for it. Like, Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's funny you said the other day because my girlfriend knows that I do a podcast basically surrounded by battle rap. She was like, how come they don't really freestyle anymore? And like, it's so hard to like break it down. I'm like, a 30, I'm like, okay, well, if you really want to look back into like the rap Olympics and then like the stage Francis yeah. era, and then these guys did this. And then there's scribble jam in Cincinnati that has all forms of four hip hop. And then you switch over to the world rap championships and then the leaks. And she's just like, I don't, I shouldn't yeah. have asked the question. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I just kind of like, yeah, trust me. It's just one of those, things that advanced and it became better like it's so much better than it than it was it, it, oh, yeah. like it, but that's what everything is we get better with time you know like cars used to be shitty now cars are good you know like airplanes used to crash a lot now they don't as much you that's know that's what i mean man somebody <laughs> saw it and was like look i don't want and like i said by scribble gym 08 the crowd was smaller they didn't know if they can still get the same funding uh you know like i said grind time had hit the scene it was just looking rough for, for, uh, here's a good analogy is like another basketball. I, every, all my listeners know all I do is reference basketball, but like there was a time in the seventies where like the viewership wasn't crazy. And then the NBA and the ABA merged, mm-hmm. and then they created a league that was the national basketball association. And I always speak about battle rap in the modern era. When you go from grind time to King of the dot to URL to don't flop to the leagues in Australia, South Africa, Russia, flip top. Um, it's all like leagues and divisions to me. It's like if you watch soccer in, in Europe or football, sorry. And, and you know, there's so many different leagues and that's what I loved about battle rap, especially mm-hmm. at it's like when like uh, direct uh, recently posted on uh, his uh, Instagram, a picture of the old grind time tier list. And you had a, a top tier, a mid tier, low tier. That's what I love. Cause I'm a statistics dude and shit like that. So like, I remember when you were like seven and two and you went against a certain person, like you have mm-hmm. anticipation for that. And that's why we were speaking before the interview is like, you do have that in certain parts of battle rap and like King of the dots starting it again with season one and they're always innovative. But like, I, I just like, I love watching old, like I, I was watching, um, you versus uh low pesci i'm a huge pesci fan man yeah i really am obviously not not one of his 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 better performance he still had some funny stuff in there whatever but uh yeah man it, it was i think though it, the the gift and the curse are in the same whereas grind time judging really exposed how flawed judging something that's subjective is so there were times people, judges would get so hammered. They didn't even know who was battling. Um, there were completely unqualified people. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, 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 or just, just rooting for overtime for a good battle's sake. Or, um, and, and again, the other thing is there was no um, bonus to winning. So, like, there was a couple, like, you know, the, you know I Am King clothing, or there was, like, I think the one I, I won a car stereo at, at Battle of the Bay, um, it, you know, little stuff like that. But it was so spread out and so sporadic. Um, and it wasn't until yeah, it wasn't until like I remember Arsenal coming over and stuff like that where people entertain promo battles. And it was cool because people just talked more about the battle rather than the judgment. And, dude, I, it's funny you said, you know, you had Dirtbag Dan on. I remember 
people vilifying Dirtbag Dan for like a couple battles that maybe could have went the other way. And I was like, you do realize he's not the judge. <laughs> like he didn't judge this battle. Like, you know, he'd be robbing people. I'm like, no, no, no. For him to do that, he, man, stay with me here. Like, so, um, it, yeah, the, the tan, it was, it is good to receive the tangible things again. And, um, but even in the season, last season, the Twitch season of, there definitely were some judges that I would not have had. There was some decisions that I thought were different. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, it's just going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hell, uh, Premier had me judge a battle. And I think two of the three, I, I think I was like two and three on the day, like for who I thought won. And I strongly, I had like broken down why I thought they won. I couple of half of the card I didn't even know. So I was like, there's no. So it, it's a tough thing to judge battle. Man. Like, yeah, hundred. Well, and so I'll say this, and this is my opinion personally. Um, I've spoken about it before is um, all reference to the Twitch season is, is kind of what, and also accumulating on what you said before is, you know, in like high school, when like somebody's getting bullied, like the people like usually for some reason root for the bigger kid than the, than the smaller kid. And, and so like in a, in a, in a general population. So like um, l- last year in the, in the grand prix, we had disaster versus frack. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in a battle rap sense and a battle rap mind frack wins, in my opinion, in my, in my personal opinion, I guess not a battle rap and Sam Radford's, but I think because disaster is who he is and has been who he is and is the presence that he is, the people kind of vote just based on that. In, in, in maybe certain terms that's just personal opinion and also sometimes like I find some of the people as you said judges like I didn't even know some of the judges that judged that battle so a person like me who's been a fan for 15 years like if I don't know the judges something's kind of weird I find you know I, and so like even when I battled times in the first round of Detroit I remembered saying to organic I was like I don't really love the the four judges like i'm like i'm no offense but if we're battling in detroit and i'm in the building there's people in the building like mac myron and ill will i'm like these are judges to me you know what i'm saying and so i don't and i think that there's this new thing where if someone shows they're a dedicated fan long enough or maybe starts a little podcast because all of a sudden it's like they're fit to be a judge well when there's money on the line you know what i'm saying so and again I knew it was a tough battle going on. Like, man, I got to battle this dude in Detroit. I'm like, all right. And I have no, you know, it was great to see him elevate and really get his, his star power up. I have no problem with that. But, it, you know, just again, man, on the subject of judging battles, um, it's tough, man. Like, it, it, it's, it is a very and, – and when people equate it constantly to boxing, the problem is boxing – there's punches thrown, punches landed. Those are tangible things like power. You know what I mean? You can't say, oh, dude punched every four bars. Yeah, well, a lot of it was trash. Like, so. Yeah, it's like well, his setup was long, but the haymaker was crazy. So that disequates that guy's 12 punch. Like, I get what you mean. That's why I kind of reference it to wrestling. 
in a sense, because I understand like it is true. Like I did love the era of the grant, but then the thing is you had all the robberies and, and like the wrong judgings with those, the records. Uh, so I, I think it's just what we were talking about before is people who like don't understand how it's not freestyle. And it's like, everything needs to advance. So the promos kind of made more sense because then there's the pressure too, like, cause let's think about it. If you're a battle rapper, you have bravado and an ego and you're in every battle rapper wants to be seen and heard. Right. So right. you don't want like your record, like your win loss record to affect how the fans think of you. Right. Like as long as you've just put out a good product then that's cool. Right. And it's, and, and, and that's the thing, man, that's what was so beautiful about when like Arsenal battled awkwards. That's what made that so big is because everyone was more focused on, Oh, was awkwards getting more hype or was this, or it wasn't about some kind of judgment. So um yeah I, I mean again like and and you're you're a numbers guy you said you're a math guy i have a problem with people thinking a round is a classic round because it has one haymaker in it if you had 48 bars and one of them is memorable you know what i'm saying i don't think that's a great rap like you know what i mean like and that's why i think you know and, and there are people that have you know, i can see an angle you know what I'm saying? Like a verbs angle for Hitman obviously was not one bar, but it was so well put together and it, you know something like that. So yeah, and they King of the Dot, I you know they're gonna have something on their hands with this judging situation because it is it's it's tough. I, I don't envy the task of finding a, an adequate system. It's like it's like oh, fuck. I keep doing this. I was I was actually thinking to not reference the NBA again, but it's like NBA referees. Like, I never fucking agree with the referees, but I mean, they're there for a reason, because if you didn't have referees, how would you actually have the game? Right. 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 But um, yeah, no, it's funny you say that. Like, I agree with you 100 percent. But what I like what I loved about like when they had records is I would always base it off of like, as you say, like if you if you like attack like A, B and C, it's like writing a perfect movie. You have a great build up. You have a great like tip. And then you have a great ending. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's the thing. Like, I hate when people are like, yeah, like. He had like he didn't have much around that, but the one haymaker killed the whole round. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, that's why it sucks, too, when people will like mess up a little thing, even though they've done great. Like the Soros versus disaster last year when the Soros said fuck after his choke. Like to me, if he didn't say fuck, it wouldn't have even seemed as if he choked. You know what I mean? And then everybody, there's a whole crowd in Wildfire. We're like, oh my God. And Battle Rap, when somebody like just right. it's a tiny beat, like it's funny how it's great that we're not as judgmental as we used to be. Yeah, and, and there's still people that'll be like, and again, there's different degrees of quote choking. I am a I'm a person that says, why, you know, if somebody is choking, why is the clock stopped for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope they get it back, but it it should penalize you in the sense that you don't get to say a lot of your shit. You know what I mean? Not penalize, like, oh, we choked, that's around. It's like settle like you know what i mean like I've, i would rather see some people fumble through rounds than hear other people deliver flawlessly filler rounds i mean that's just me well and this goes back upon um what we were speaking about earlier is like low pesci is great like he's a battles are amazing mm -hmm. but that choke that he had against you and like the whole video thing i just kept going on and on and on should have been yeah, yeah it yeah. should have just been should've, cut it they yeah, should have like, dropped the hammer on that i mean that's what i mean and, and you know, that, that, that's what I mean, man, that the hammer should have been dropped. I ended up, that was such an odd battle because I ended up battling through my second and third round back to back. Like, and then he did his third round. It was so all over the place. Like, um, 
Yeah, but that, that's what I think, man. I think, you know, I, I had a I did a one rounder. Um and, and listen, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't drag anyone for choking. I've choked before, it sucks. I did a one rounder against a guy, and a one rounder is typically like five minutes. And man, he choked three bars in, man, and just was like, all right, I'm cool. And I was just like, man, you want to take a second and just like and he's like, he tried, goes through the same three, and ah, nah, and I'm just like, right, what am I gonna do, bro? I'm not gonna force you know force you to rap. And I had rapped first, so I was like, but yeah, I man, I, I don't wish that on anyone, man. It, it's frustrating, man. Yeah, no, it's tough, and it's tough too to be. To, it's like um, <laughs> it's a funny reference, but I remember like when like I always looked up to my bigger brother growing up as the tougher kid and stuff. And one time we were walking to school and he slipped and fell in front of everybody, and like I was embarrassed for him. It's like when you're, <laughs> it's like it's like like at the end of the day we're competing, but I still feel right. bad, you know. Like, um, so yeah, man, let's speak about like when battle rap started opening up, because like what I like love speaking to people about is like how you are able to travel and see the world off battle rap. Mm-hmm. Like what's one of like your, your favorite moments and places you've been and like a funny instance, like maybe like a funny uh, run in with somebody or a funny memory with a certain battler or a fan or anything. So that, I mean, that's, that's honestly, man, a lot of times people are like, yo, why, why would you take that battle in that state or that battle in that country? And you should try to battle. I'm like, bro, it's for the, it's the experiences and the memories, man. When, before I was 18, we went to Lake Erie once, you know what I mean? The whole time my dad was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to have enough gas to get back. And I'm like, man, this is not enjoyable. So the fact that I can sit and say, man, I've wrapped in Alaska. I've wrapped in Sydney. I've wrapped in London. I've wrapped in Scotland is remarkable on someone else's dime. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, and battle rap, us battle rappers, we're like a fraternity, man. Like every time we see each other, it's love because we just know how hard we got to grind and, and fight through the crowd of 10 million other battle rappers and fans are so, uh, what have you done for me lately? A lot of times, like, I mean, look at Danny Myers. Now I, I from what I understand, he had a really rough go at it at Gnome. Like he, he kind of like forfeited his third round or whatever. But, I mean, he just had, like, 10 battles in a row before that where he was doing numbers and going crazy, and they, and they are dragging him. So nobody understands that like other battle rappers. We get together, man. We talk sports. We, you know, we run our rounds. We, 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 we have a good time, man. So, yeah, I, I've been to some, some – uh, man, and I always – Montreal, me and, me and uh, Fresco were in Montreal. We had a ball in Montreal. Old Montreal and New Montreal, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful town. Um, that was great. Uh, now, there's sometimes I'll go to a place, man, I'm like in and out. Like, you know what I mean? Like Scotland, I had a ball in the, at the battle. Me and Seoul had a great battle. But then like it was like 23 hours travel. I was like, Ugh. uh the first time going to London was was very special to me because my father um, hitchhiked across Europe after the army. You know, he, his dad didn't want him back in, Pitts, in, in, in Pittsburgh. So he's like, all right, man, what am I going to do? So he saved up some money and just went around. And he's always used to talk about he was fascinated with European culture and that. So that that was good. 
Um, I've, I've been to a, you know, I've been to a lot of, a lot of events, man, a lot of them. So, um, yeah, I, shit, I'd have to rack my brain for, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the most rewarding parts, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a, a fan come up to you while you're taking a piss at an event and like try to introduce himself then? I, I've had many, many, many times <laughs> in Canada. Canada is, you guys, Canada, first of all, you know, people talk Irish and people talk, Canadians can drink. Canadians, yes, can. they should have made it farther in the Beer Fest movie, man. They really dog Canadians out. In that. <laughs> Thank Canadians you. can drink. And you'd be forgetting that they'd be drinking Labatt, which is like way stronger. Like, well, I mean, of many other things. Is your guys average? Oh, I think there's a myth. Sorry to cut you off. Is there, is your average beer percentage 4.5? Because there's a thing in Canada that we say our average is 5% and America's is apparently 4.5. No, I believe yours is, is more than ours. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought. I just didn't want I just didn't know if it was real or not. I'm pretty, I believe so, because I believe like once you, like the Molson Canadian beer up there that I'm telling you, man, like, but yeah, that's normally a Canadian thing, man. Someone will approach me at the pisser and just be like, Hey man, you know what I mean? Big fan, like big fan or whatever. And I'm like, Hey man, I appreciate it. And just wash my hands real quick. And, um, but no, it, it's cool, man. It's, it's flattering. I, I've had, I've had someone like randomly stop me on a street in Australia and was like, yo, you, I was like, what? Um, the only thing I'm not crazy about is when somebody starts rapping in my ear or when there's a battle going on and they just, and they're drunk and they keep talking to me and they're very loud. Cause then people keep looking at me and I'm like, I don't know, dude from a can of paint, man. Like, and I, and I'm very like, I'm like, I feel you, my man. Like, I'm just trying to hear them real quick, you know, because I don't want to disrespect whoever's on the stage. So, but other than that, man, it's it's super flattering. Like I said, man, I'm like, Pittsburgh's a town of about 450, 500,000 people. You know what I mean? I mean, unless you include right the outskirts. So, to be able to go to these bigger cities and and have them have them rock with me is, is super dope. Yeah, no, that's that's what's so cool about battle rap is how as we say like, tight knit and like it's a small world. But no, I agree with you. It's like I grew up in um, a small town. Uh, in my teenage years in Ontario and um, like being like one of the three rappers there when you go to a party the one other any other person who like oh I free my, my friends say I'm good at freestyling so I'm a rapper and they just want to fucking rap the whole entire night like I remember one time in college actually I was at a party and I'm like trying to like to chat up this girl you know like yeah. this guy kneels down in front of me like me and this girl like sitting on a bench and he kneels down and he starts rapping at my face I'm like thanks bro I'm definitely not landing this you know oh, <laughs> appreciate <man>. you <laughs> yeah yeah that the the, the... <laughs> The constant, like the rap and stuff, and especially like when the event's over, I don't necessarily want to rap anymore or hear a bunch of rap. I and mean, we we could talk about the battles. I don't have a but, but like when people just want to rap and it's like um comedians. It's like the whole thing of like, oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Right. Like my my professional career is like cooking, but it's not like you'd be like, yo, you're a cook do me a dish right now on the spot. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, I don't want to ask you, look at that. You get paid for this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've had, I've, I mean, years and after years and years, I've, you know, I'm just like, nah, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Well, what was it like for you? Cause actually, so I am in Ottawa. I've been based in Ottawa for the last like seven years. You had a battle with Poe Rich, one of like the Canadian legends in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And what did you think about uh, Ottawa, man? Ottawa was dope, man. So, <clears throat> Um, I got to go see the Bender mural, 
which was super, super, super fire. Paul Rich is and will always be one of my favorite people in battle rap. Just hilarious, hilarious dude. Can definitely hang on the drinking aspect of things. Um, dope venue, just good people. Because I, I want to say Capital Battle. Capital, capital Rap Battles. Capital Rap Put battles. it together first and then King of the Dot kind of like jumped on board with it. But uh, Porridge had a hilarious, hilarious angle to, for me that he, that he was going on the first. Porridge is really, really good. And I tell people this all the time. And it was great. I was able to chop it up with Pat Stay that it'd be a travesty if people don't recognize how good Canadian battlers like Arcane and Porridge historically are. You know what I'm saying? And how important they were to the scene because they – I won't front like I, you know, I got a lot of love for King of the Dot, obviously, but sometimes I felt like their selection of who got a shot was not merited on effort, you know? So like, I don't think disaster and I love disaster as a brand. Yes. Is he better for your brand as a, as the chain holder than poor rich for sure. But he, I don't think he deserved a poor rich battle at that time. And it was very debatable, but he like, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and they did it. I remember they did it one time with, with daylight battling Pat stay. And I was like, I don't even, well, you know, I don't even know if at that time, how much, you know, it, it just, it seemed like more popularity based at times. And um, whereas poor rich and arcane people like that constantly had to climb the ladder. Arcane won. Did he win two grand prix? Yes. Crazy. And Paul Rich, you know, won the Grand Prix. And, and um, so, so yeah, that, it's that's such a battle in itself, too. Sorry to cut you off, but like, I, yeah. I, I love that you're referencing that because, um, as a fan, right, I've been watching it forever. So, you know, everybody, especially as a Canadian, I don't want to say bias, but Paul Rich had that climb and it was almost hard because he was never looked at at a certain tier when, like, uh, even though he had already had was in the WRCs, went to New York, like did all the big battles in the beginning of King of the Dot. And then he had this great rise in the Grand Prix. And it's, it's almost like what I referenced earlier, where it's like the bigger guy with the bigger bravado almost gets liked more because like Poe Rich and that, like it was almost a thing of him being small. Maybe he was, he didn't have as much like energy as he would. Like you can tell it was a bit like, cause disaster is also very disrespectful mm-hmm. in between rounds and things like that. No. So that's, I not th- that's awesome that you say that because I, I, I agree with you. I love King of the Dot. I love where it's gone. Obviously America is a bigger market than Canada, but there's guys like, maybe they didn't want to keep going either, but guys like Tricky P and stuff like that, that were just so yeah. amazing to me that like maybe didn't get the look that others got, you know? Tricky P was super dope. The song he did for About Feel Good, Good was incredible. Makes me cry um, every time. Incredible song, incredibly well put together video. Again, Low Pesci. Low Pesci forever is going to be one of those things where I feel like he should have got his flowers when he was there. Like there was people that knew he was dope, but for some reason... I felt like, I don't know, I felt like Canada kind of turned on him a little bit, like Lopez, because he embraced the villain role and because he was disrespectful, but he was so dope. Like, um, I'm from North America, and let's just leave it at that. Yeah, and, and obviously Bender, you know, just you, you can go on Best forever and ever about um, how incredible he was. So, I mean, yeah, I, I just really think that, in the grand scheme of things, because I was asking, talking to Pat about his Canadian Mount Rushmore, and there's just so many people that were dope that definitely deserve 
And it, that's why it's great to see people like Joey Gambello come up and franchise. It's good to see a new wave. And, and, even you know, even with like Pat Stazera to to speak on that, like Quake in Canada is a battle legend, and it just was a bummer that like. He came in like a few years into modern battle rap and maybe didn't like, there's so many guys too. Like miracle was amazing too. Like I loved miracle or Osa who was like Lopez. She's like partner. Oh, like, so was his bike slept. rack angle is to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Osa was crazy. And, and, and that's what I mean. I, I think that their styles were, were different. And, but again, you know, Poe Rich has tangible things. Like he made it to the WRCs. Um, he and he's a is he a two-time champ or is he a no, he's one and he defended it once, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's two. But um well, and then he also was the champ of uh the the league in Ottawa here for quite a while, too. Yeah, and he um he won the two on two Grand Prix. Yep. So, against Thesaurus and Ilmac. like the kings you know so yeah i i got a lot of love for rich man a lion heart we have the same birthday and uh we just follow each other on instagram so i'm sure i'm gonna be having them on within the next couple months because i want i I, my whole thing with what i like to talk to you guys about is like i know you guys know it you know what i mean but people like all the guys that i've had on this podcast from nestle to lush one to kruger to cheddar cheese to cl from montreal i don't know if you remember cl but um mm-hmm. yeah like and everybody else nameless who started me off kid twist like uh, all of you guys man are always going to be indented in battle rap like we keep talking about ba- mount rushmores but to me it's almost like everybody's going to remember pistol pete he'll always be pistol pete you know like dennis robbins always going to have a spot like you know like there's everybody like uh if you're talking about pittsburgh like um ben roethlisberger's dick is always going to be known um <laughs> but <laughs> big big ben but Classy yeah man, no, guy. that's why i like i want to let you know too bro like you've always been a big the biggest fan of you bro like all of your battles like everything like what's so cool is like seeing like because knowing you in grind time and king of the dot and then going back and seeing you battle the source as a young self in the red and white shirt and and just everything in between like your old record i actually was like watching uh I was looking through your Instagram and you had a picture of you on the train tracks and talking about how like you used to think it was like the hardest thing. And right, right, like, right. Um, let's speak. Let's do a little um, Pittsburgh thing. So, so uh, uh, one of the guests, Sketch Menace, great, great guy, uh, Zach, awesome dude, great episode. Um, he wanted to talk to to me to mention to you, um, uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. Yeah. So I wanna, let's uh, let's just speak on your thoughts about that and what your your interjections are on that. <laughs> so we were in uh, where were we at? We were in Calgary. He said Calgary. We Calgary, right? He brought me up to Calgary, and uh, we were just shooting the shit. And he goes, "The only thing I know about Pittsburgh is from the movie Zach and Mary, where the dude comes in drunk and he goes fuck fuck my Roethlisberger." And I was like, "That's." pretty accurate i was like that's legit like a steeler sunday um steeler fans have oh pittsburghers have a way of talking man that's just it's so lazy and it's like like they'll say like don Tan and get out the house and where are you going like they just have this ridiculous so like it was like bang roethlisberger like touchdown like they're just so and drunk and obnoxious bro like i love football i love being a fan of sports, but they are Steeler fans are they can get rough, man, over the top. So we laugh about that, that every time, man, because it's it's very accurate of a depiction. And I think 
Zach and Mary was filmed in Pittsburgh or like around Pittsburgh or something like that. But uh, yeah, he he's like, oh, I thought that was the funniest thing. Dude's just like, like Robert Burr. I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty spot on. <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I, my big thing is I remember uh, I just like when I think of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think of the the sandwich with the fries and the coleslaw. Just because oh, I'm such a yeah. such, I'm a food guy. Like I think that's like, I think of Pittsburgh. I'm like oh, Permanthes. 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 So and every and I, it's so funny because every time I go to Canada and I like I drink, I start talking about how good the Penguins are and how sweet it was that you, you guys keep giving us these awesome people like Crosby and Lemieux and even Phil Kessel, like, for you know what I mean? Like when you gave us Phil Kessel and how Canada's always, I even battled in Thunder Bay and was talking about Matt Murray at the time. Like, I didn't even know we'd be getting rid of him like that, but uh, no, no, no. And it's, it's, it's kind of weirdly stereotypical to immediately and cross the Canadian border. Like, so how about hockey? Like I've been waiting to talk about hockey. It's like, dude, not every person. Like, I don't think I remember organic one time tweeting about hockey or like, I, I gather he's not a fan. Like he's an Oakland Raiders guy. That's the, that's what yeah, I know. Yeah, that's him. the only thing I've, I've ever. Um, which, by the way, if you ever come to Pittsburgh, a Penguins game is is far better to go to than a Steeler game. Like, oh really? Tailgating a Steeler game is cool, but like once you get in the stadium, I I don't know, man. The ketchup bottle's cool, I guess, but no. Nah, Pir- the Pirates surprisingly have the best stadium. Our stadium is beautiful. Our team is terrible, but our stadium is beautiful. So, um, yeah, Pittsburgh, there's, it, like I said, there's hills and bars and uh, sports, man. That's pretty much, you know what I mean? That's what we lack in Canada is, like, the the big sports teams because we all, like, we have, like, we have a CFL and we have, like, a mm-hmm. uh, CBA, but, like, it's nothing like NFL, NBA, NHL, like with uh, like Pittsburgh, I think is actually one of like this. It's like a smaller city, but it has three of the major league teams, which is pretty big, you know. So it's yeah, pretty yeah, cool to be able they're to all support the same that. color, which is pretty dope. Um, well, you guys, I mean, you have the Raptors. They're they're oh, well, that's thing we have. That's what we. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we have the Raptors, man, and the, the Buffalo Leafs, Bills, man. Fuck the Leafs, bro. I don't. <laughs> I'm going for the Canadians this year, bro. They were just up three one. I blinked and it's they the got curse. bounced out. I, this is they are entering Buffalo territory of misery. Like it's 1967. 1967 was the last time they won. But bro, if you think about the Krejci incident when they were up on the Bruins and games, like this is getting a little crazy. Like I, so they, I almost got beat up when they when the Bruins beat them in like what was it 20, 2013 or 2014 yeah. when they were up um, I bet against the Leafs in a house full of Leafs fans when when they, they were up like three one or four one and then Boston came back and dude I literally had to like leave because I was gonna get beat up. <laughs> dude, when I I'm telling you, man, I was in the one time we got turned down, me and Fresco got turned down to come into Canada. All right. That's kind of a funny story. We get turned down walking across the Peace Bridge, all right? So we're trying to walk across the Peace Bridge and uh, give to do my passport. And the guy's like, what are you here for? And I'm like, you know, I'm here to, to go uh, to a hockey game. And he's like, all right. He's like, what do you do for a living? I'm a school teacher, whatever. He keeps asking these questions. So there's this one guy and then there's this other guy, right? And they're little, like, little guy. And the little guy's like, well, let me see your phone. Now, automatically, this was back when they they made it like if you said you rapped, they're going to turn you down immediately. Like, you might as well just say, I'm actually up here to serial kill a bunch of people and get out. They'd probably let you in. 
So he's looking through my phone. He's like, what's the end of the week? I was like, what? And I like, do you remember Iron Solomon was part of the end of the week? I guess I got a random random Facebook invite to EO Dub. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's a random Facebook invite. So he keeps scrolling down. He's just like, who's real deal? And I'm just like, and he's like, oh, so you're you're a teacher and you're a liar. eh?" And he's like, and I'm just like, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, so I guess I'm not getting in. Right. But the funniest is this dude tried to be so tough. And he had the most beautiful crystal blue eyes. And I was like, bro, your eyes are gorgeous. Just like, so we got a liar. Do you tell your kids to lie when you're teaching? He's just like, read, like giving me the puppy that shat on the rug treatment. I'm like, so he ended up kicking us back to Buffalo. I just hit my boy up in Buffalo. Buffalo's a blast. But at the time, to equate it to the Leafs or whatever, the, the Sabres are up three to two against the, the Flyers in the series. Buffalo, the town is like saber fever. And I'm like, how do they not know they're Buffalo? Like you're going to fold. Like, and I'm like, I don't even want to say that. I want you to win. Like, I don't hate the Flyers, but like, so like, dude, no. And they're trying to explain how it's different this year. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? And he's like, no, nah, bro, they got to, uh, we got a new owner who used to be a Sabres fan and he put money into it. Everyone really is buying in. I'm like, dude, they're going to lose. I'm like, I hope they don't. Maybe they game six, they lose a heartbreaker in overtime. I'm at the airport watching them lose game seven. I'm like, and I'm like this shame on you for buying in that this was, you know what I mean? That they were about to like all of a sudden, you know, and I would, but, the Leafs, man, I, I stopped. Once the Penguins got bounced out this year, I kind of wasn't following as carefully. But I remember thinking, wow, Connor McDavid's out. Sidney Crosby's out the playoffs. Um, God, who's the uh, – so Austin Matthews was still in it. And there was one other big star. I'm like, oh, Ovechkin. I'm like, man, they're all gone. I'm like, I guess Austin Matthews got it. And all of a sudden I blinked and they got him smooth out of here. So I'm like, the NHL is not protecting any of these stars, man. If you don't, so, um, you know, we look at, um, we look at the Maple Leafs as like the Knicks of the NHL kind of, in a sense, like, like the Knicks fan, like, cause uh, the Maple Leaf gardens is like the biggest stadium in Canada mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, you know, and, but, but like, it's funny you say that cause I'm a cynical fan and the Raptors, we never won. Right. Like we were getting like bullied by LeBron every year in the playoffs. Right. And um, so when we won in 2019, man, like I'm the biggest diehard Raptors fan in the world. Um, I just thought it was a lie. Like I was like, they're going to figure something out. That's going to make us lose. Like, like we're not, eh, you guys say we're winning. You're celebrating. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to celebrate, you know, like the crazy thing is I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm a Buccaneers fan. I've been since 93. So they got Brady this year. And I'm like, all right, I always have terrible luck, but this dude can't lose something has to give. So like the Bucks start off the season, they lose, then they're like five and two, then they lose a couple. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, man, Brady, just his being good, just outbeat my just terrible luck. And I'm like, there we have it. So that was wild. That was wild to see this year, man. Oh, and this jerk off sketch this is what I forgot to say too. He said, <laughs> when you come to Calgary, say you're here to snowboard. I said, all right. So I go to Calgary and I go, the lady's like, what are you here for? And I'm like, I'm up here to snowboard. She goes, oh, okay. There's no snow on the ground. 
She's like, you want to try again? And I'm like, uh, I'm here from battle. And luckily this lady was the cool. She was the shit. She goes, I should not let you in just because you're from Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby's a pussy. She was like, but I guess I'll let you in. I was like, I told Sketch that. I'm like, bro, do you want to let me know that there's snow first, dog? Like, he's like, I'm not sorry about that. I'm like, I almost didn't get in, bro. Like, That's so funny, man. <laughs> That's such a funny story, actually. Like, I thought I was dead. I was like, oh. What a difference be- between your last guy, too. Yo, and because he turned me down at the Peace Bridge in 2011, every time I go to Canada, I got to, I go, they put the little X or whatever. I got bust a left. And they're like, says you got turned down here. And I'm like, yeah, bro, like nine years ago. Like, why'd you get turned down? Oh, and you go through the story and they let you in anyway. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's hilarious. I have one question because you mentioned Sidney Crosby. So where I grew up in Nova Scotia as a kid, um, we would watch him play junior A hockey. And one of my best friend's older sister's was dating his best friend at the time. So he would always be at the house. And he was like, he was like LeBron James for hockey. Like you heard about him, yeah. especially in Canada, because he was in a bunch of Tim Hortons commercials. Um, so you heard about him all the time. And what's it like uh, for him there? Like, is it like, do you have like Sydney, Sydney Crosby sightings downtown? Or like, what's like the fandom like for him in Pittsburgh? So Sydney Crosby is a super, super, super like introverted, quiet dude. The funny thing is like, I, so I'm a teacher. I teach gym. But like in the area I teach, they're not, it's not a hockey, you know what I mean? The kids don't know anything about hockey at all. So I try to explain every time I do a hockey unit with them, like, okay, who knows LeBron? And they go, we, we love LeBron. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you live in the same, you, you live in a city that has the hockey equivalent to LeBron. I really, but I, I, I believe LeBron is, a, is better at his, I mean, give Sidney Crosby some more time. We'll see what happens, but that, that's a fair equation even though I would, I would side LeBron. So um, yeah, man. I, I mean, we love Crosby here and it's funny because, you know, I'm, I remember being at the bar, seeing him knock the USA out of the, with the gold medal goal. I was like, Oh, this sucks. But I mean, we, we love Crosby. We love his, his like, it's just, we, we get Lemieux who's incredibly dedicated to the Penguins saves the Penguins franchise. And then we get a Crosby and another guy who's, I feel like similar, maybe not playing style, but like quiet, kind of introverted, kind of chill. To me, though, you know, I'm a little older. Lemieux was the baddest hockey player I've ever, I ever seen. Lemieux was six foot five inch and just skated like he was insane, bro. But Crosby is is another one, man. And it's funny outside of Pittsburgh, any hockey fan I runs into hates Crosby, man. Like, oh, I do too. But we yeah, hate the like, best. That's what it is. Like, that's why I compare him and LeBron. I, but I think I do it because it was at an earlier stage, even though LeBron's 03 and Crosby's like 06 or 07 draft wise. It was still, the, I just think like as the, as the youth of them, like they were mm-hmm. similar. Like LeBron's definitely gone on. Like hockey's weird in that sense. Like I'm not a huge fan, but like forever it was the, t- the talk about Ovechkin and him. And now you hear about like McDavid and Matthews, but I always feel like there's like, four like three or four hockey guys they're always talked about whereas like with the nba it's always like one and two and then you have like one b and and like and c after that you know it's always those you know the the quote generational talents that come along you know what i mean and that's why it was great to see mcdavid finally get in the playoffs but man they got you know you you learn i guess man because they got smoked out um 
but Crosby had his, you know, his first couple seasons, man, that the, it was the Ottawa Senators, man, was just bouncing them out the playoffs. And I think if I wasn't in Pittsburgh and wasn't a Penguins fan, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be a Crosby fan. Malcolm frustrates the shit out of us here sometimes because he takes just head scratching penalties. But um yeah, no, no, having I mean there, there's a million Crosby jerseys at the game. People love love Crosby, but his personal life is so like he does he doesn't even have Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't believe so or that's wild. You, you, yeah, I don't I don't see him on any social media. Um but he is – and I hope that that doesn't translate down the road to him not getting, you know, the flowers he deserves. You know what I'm saying? Because even in the States, he's – for Pittsburgh, he's not on commercials. He's not on – so it's funny you say as a kid he was on a bunch of commercials. The only time you see him is in hockey games. You know what I mean? That's yeah, it. no, it's true. I like – it's no, yeah, that, that makes sense actually. But it's funny you say that with like the whole thing with him, like maybe he won't be looked at um, from the because like he's not like a outgoing or whatever. Like the whole crazy thing with tennis with that, like I think her name's like Naomi Osaka or something like that. Whereas like mm. she got fined because of her, she said she didn't want to speak to the media. And it, it's funny how the media has this narrative over people. Like Kyrie is crazy, but like the media controls what we perceive Kyrie as, or like, of course, like Allen Iverson and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like if things were different, like, that certain people would be perceived so differently, I find. And, and if you look at the, the how many times the media will ask such a head-scratching, dumb question, man. That's why, as a, again, NBA, I'm a Spurs fan. I've been a Spurs fan since Okay, 95. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. I love Greg Popovich shitting on the media every chance he gets. You know what I mean? I, I thought – I do think at times Pop got a little overboard with, like, Craig Seager and shit. Like, he was just like, dude has a job to do. You know what I mean? Like – let him ask his couple. But I love when someone would ask him a dumbass question and he would give him a dumbass answer. Like, well, what do you think happened in the second half? They scored more. You know what I mean? Like, Russell Westbrook's another good one who, who, who like, gets media's dumbass questions out of here. Like, but, yeah, no, with the Sidney Crosby thing, I, I think um, – I think – now, again, hockey's not my number one thing. I don't see why he's not a top ten player ever – as is, you know what I mean? He's got three cups. He's been to four. You know what I mean? He's, I think he's just broken the top or he's right in the top 25 scoring list in a completely different era. You know what I mean? Of hockey. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious. To, I mean, and he's, he's still playing at a super high level. I think he finished like fifth or sixth in points this year, you know, and it's like, a, it's like Gretzky, Gretzky, Le, uh, Gretzky, Crosby, Jordan, LeBron, kind of. You know, I'd say in a sense, probably like maybe at the end of the day, over time, it'll change a bit. But like mm-hmm. you know, they are who they are, right? And we're still speaking about City Crosby today, and it's twenty twenty one. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's what I mean. I, I would, you know, the the fear a couple of years ago was how many concussions is he gonna? You know what I mean? But I think. I think he's. I think he's got for sure a couple more years left. Three, four more years left in him. I don't see why not. Yeah. It was just a shame to see the Penguins obviously get bounced out in the first round because they were playing. They were so hot coming in. They like took the number one seed over. But I did not like the Islanders drawing the first round at all. I was like, Ugh. um, yeah. No, it's funny. The only reason I've actually been paying attention to the playoffs is like Barstool does this. Um, 
live stream of uh the islanders versus the bruins and like i was watching it because of there because like it's funny because like i got into barstool because of roan and like it's so yeah. funny seeing roan's progression i did the nestle interview the other day and um roan's part of a bunch of shows and there's this one great show called the yak and roan was explaining about he did a prank on a fellow employee there who's a mets fan and he like he has a pencil case and roan poured water into the pencil case and roan was trying to explain himself about pouring the water on the pencil case. And then I interviewed Nestle and I'm just thinking the funny juxtaposition, like, like where Rowan is now, man, like it's such a perfect thing for him. Well, I remember like when he used oh, to do like man, the, the, like the interviews and King of the dot, like, yeah. it's, Oh, it's, it's so funny to see him now, man. It's awesome. He's part. Yeah. I mean, that, you couldn't have landed a more perfect job for him. Yeah, no, it's so funny to see all the different stuff he does. And speaking of funny media skews, it's like a guy who's like his like com- comedy partner, I'd say, Caleb Presley. He's a pretty funny guy. Um, he did an interview with T- Terrell Owens back in the day, and Terrell Owens was do- uh, doing a thing for Butterfingers, and he was asking Terrell Owens what his favorite kind of Butterfinger was, and Terrell Owens thought he was like autistic or something. He kept like, "There's only one kind." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but what's your favorite kind? And he just said that same thing for 11 minutes, and it's like one of the funniest interviews ever because like he thought he was just like, "Oh man," but yeah, you're a teacher. So my parents are both teachers, and they they met in Africa in the 80s teaching in like a poverty community. And then like my mom went on to like teach French, Spanish, um, do like uh, ESL. And then now she's a principal at elementary school. Then like my dad's more um, educational advisor for like different countries and stuff like that, opening international schools. So you guys are the real heroes to me. And um, what was it like for you? Like wh- what made you want to be a teacher? So honestly, man, you know, when I look back about, I probably wasn't as aware now or back then, but um, I noticed that, like I would get in trouble in school. I would struggle in school just with like behavior and stuff like that. I was always smart enough to get to pull my shit together and get adequate grades. But one of the things I think helped me out from a really young age is teachers giving me positions to help other kids. So that was always something that would kind of help steer me in the right direction. So again, I didn't put this together till later, but I remember I, I knew I was going to go to college. I was going to play football. And uh, I remember my pops was just like, well, listen, man, you, you should go and be a gym teacher. He's like, I know a buddy that's a gym teacher, man. It's not a hard gig. I'm like, I got to do something, you know? So there it was, man. Like, you know, I went up and I uh, graduated and I've been, you know, I've been teaching physical education ever since, man. Oh, before I ask the next one on the teaching, that's a pretty cool, um, uh, maybe an exclusive that hasn't been heard before. So what, what position did you play in football and, and what was your football career like as a kid? So I played, uh, I played high school ball. I played uh D tackle. I was bigger. I was like 255 or 55 my senior year. So I played like D tackle and I played center and um, yeah, I was, I was nice, but like, I, I wish I had prepared better once I entered college because college, it becomes like a 40 hour a week job. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, and at the time, and then, so it was just overwhelming. Like, I, again, I went to a city high school and I don't want to put it on my high school, obviously. It just didn't prepare you for what college football was going to be like. So it was a short college football experience. I, only, I, I didn't even play my freshman. Like, I, I, like, started doing, like, the spring thing and, like I, it just, and again, you know what I mean? Kudos to, to college programs and the ones that are ran like a well-oiled machine, man. Cause they'll have you up at 
freaking 5 a.m. doing morning routines and then you got to go to your classes and you got to lift at like 3.30 in the afternoon. And this is like off season. You know what I mean? And I just, I wasn't ready for that level of commitment. Man. Like, <laughs> no, I but, it. But did you get it? You got a scholarship out of it at least? No, man. Oh, no, that's hey, the you were thing. Play. Oh. oh, so that was, that's probably what's even more tough on it. Because... No, I mean, they recruited. So I, I was, I went division two, you know, so they recruited me, but there's only at the time division two, I think that they were able to do a partial scholarship. And I think it was contingent on if I kept playing and blah, blah, blah. And again, man, it, it was just a whole new experience, man, because high school became so you go from having senioritis in your high school to like having to be in all these classes across campus and you know and then just doing all these work and it, it just it, it was different man like I was like not ready for this okay well no I love that I didn't know that you're I love like little things I didn't know that mm-hmm. like you were going to so as a teacher like what's like one of your number one things that you've seen changed over when you started teaching versus now because so many things in the education system I find have changed over the years mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think, well, obviously with COVID, like this virtual school situation was something I would have never imagined doing, but you know, that, I guess that's not a natural change. Um, and I, I, I know like at least in the public schools, it seems enrollment is down. I do also believe that there's too much blame that goes on teachers and not enough that goes on parents. And it's frustrating. Like for example, and and it's tough because every numbers have stories, you know what I mean? So like in the city, for example, they said the suspension rate was high. And are there teachers that are probably writing students up for things that should, they should be able to handle? Sure. But you really have to deep dive into the statistics to know. So they just thought the statistics were high. So they passed a rule that you couldn't suspend a kid for, that was in kindergarten up to second grade unless they did a violent offense. Now, off the top, it sounds like that's a great idea. Keep them in school, blah, blah, blah. The problem is some of these kids, it's too early to get paperwork on. They're in school going crazy every day. Like, you know what I mean? And it's not a violent, they're not violent, you know, but they're smacking papers off desks or doing, or doing just wow, so flipping desks over and it's not considered violent. So they stay in school, they come back the next day. So it's like, what about the other 18 kids in that class? Like, you know what I'm saying? How can they learn? So I think that there's, Again, there's there there. I think I would like to see more cooperation between parents and teachers, and I I think it has gotten more. Like teachers have been under the microscope more, and I don't know that that's necessarily fair. Um, and I'm saying that as both a parent and a, a, a teacher, I'm available at all times. I know, you know, some households it's very hard to even get a hold of anybody. And, you know, and a lot of t- like there's some parents will tell you flat out from eight o'clock to three o'clock. That's your responsibility. You're like, well, this is so it, it, it I think that's probably one of the bigger things that I've noticed, you know, 
I get you 100%. I hear <clears throat> my mom moving on from being a teacher to a principal and overseeing the school is like the, st- the stories that you hear are, are, are insane. You know, things that you just think wouldn't go on, like I'm taught, like mm-hmm. that, and like, and things that you can't control either, especially when they're at these young ages. Like, there's instances of like kids maybe self harming themselves, and, yeah. and, and then oh, yeah. you're be, you being the defense and then not being able to contact the family and then trying to make the right choice. But at the end of the day, you can't make the choice. It's such a heart and line and teachers and, and stuff are looked at as you say in a negative aspect when like in my eyes like they're like they're the heroes you know like what like because they're there like they are the ones that are there between eight and three or ten and three you know so regardless i think another change at least from like middle school up is the awareness for mental health and concern and i think most fronts almost all fronts it's a great thing but I do think that there are times when it kind of takes away from letting a kid be a kid or like as a teenager, you got all this testosterone on us. Like you're going to have days where you just feel like garbage. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that that's necessarily you need constantly people hovering over you. Like, how are you? Like check on your strong. Like again, yes, I believe as all, you know, mental health is a, is a, is a, I'm glad that it's being, you know what I mean? But, and I just know, like, at least from what I see, I know, you know, schools are different. Um, some of the things are just part, like just cut, like cutting up with kids, you know what I mean? Like busting each other's chops. It's not necessarily bullying all the time. You know what I mean? And Cause when you label something bullying, like you got to send packets out and you got to get, you know what I mean? It, it becomes, so those are just some other things I think that are that are changing, and you know maybe that'll get looked at. And also, um, you know the different the openness, you know what I mean, that kids have, which I think that's a great thing. Like that, you know what I mean, with all the work that the LGBTQ has done, and you see in high school now, like you know they they have organizations and clubs and stuff like that so that's definitely a cool step in the right direction too man just you know and, and kids i think are being more they're more active and inv- involved you know like you said like the different um causes and organizations man so yeah it i think high, i at least feel like high schoolers when i was in high school like we did not care about politics at all we did not care about social issues pretty much at all like you know what I mean? And now it's it's cool to see, you know, kids trying to use their voice and use their platform. So 100 percent. I used to be like I remember talking about Obama in 08 to my friends and, and like we're all like smoking, smoking a bong. And like I'm trying to talk to them They're like, Sam, you're on your conspiracy theory shit. I'm like, I'm just saying that he's a good person <laughs> and we should understand like the, the, the validity of what's going on here, you know. And mm-hmm. then one of my friends once say it spoke it spoke speaks to me to this day. He said politics have never affected me. I'm just like, well, you're a kid right now. Wait until they do affect you, you know, like. So I I, I used to say that a lot, too, which is funny that he literally said the same thing and. and Again, like so much has changed in my life, but to an extent, a lot of things that go on, the trickle down before it gets to the common person is so, you know, but then, you know, you have instances and things happen that open your eyes to things. And you know what I mean? You, you're able to, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable that this, things have gone on certain ways for as long as they have and have been such 
uh, battles to try to change. And some of these things are common sense. Like in Pennsylvania, they've been trying to change the statute of limitations for sexual abuse of a minor because of all the molestation that happened in the Catholic church. And they're getting met with so much resistance. And it's been like six years. And you would think something like that is like, oh, yeah, where do I check? You know what I mean? Hell, yeah. Like 20 years, 30 years later, I don't care. It's pretty, pretty, pretty wild, man. And that's just one example. And 24 hours in a day is just not enough to to peel back the layers of all the injustice things that are going on 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 many different levels. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very valid point. No, a hundred percent. And I think you, you, as you grow up, you realize it and see it more. And I think it's the biggest thing is being open to see it or not. Like my dad always talks about, cause I grew up in small towns. My dad always says, and I never understood why people would be racist or ignorant or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and I did was always didn't make sense to me. And he was like, well, these people are scared to learn. And so they don't want to learn. And right. so like, and if their parents aren't going to teach them, then they're like, it's you know like you you can teach a dog how to fetch but like you need a key like that dog needs to know everything in between you know but it's definitely a thing that was hard realizing growing up like how come people just aren't good you know and then it's weird but it's sad. You hit the nail on the head man it's about open-mindedness and just being able and understanding and years 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 to figure it out but understanding that every debate and argument is not going to end with you changing their mind or perspective and you, there's no clear winner like this isn't mortal combat or something you know what i mean so um yeah i it's super interesting um because i believe the same thing man like I, i'm very open to respectful dialogue once you start calling me on my name or or trying to treat me as dumb in some kind of way like and i also believe that there is a lot of things that maybe people offer their opinion on that probably aren't well-versed enough. And, and again, I had to learn that too. I'd always have an opinion about everything. One of the earliest rap songs I wrote was about George Bush being terrible. And now I'm looking back now, again, I'm not saying he's a great guy. I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? I was but 18. he wasn't as bad as Trump is what you're yeah, saying. I, I mean, I was 18. What the hell did I know about George Bush? I didn't know his policies. I just knew his dad was a brother, but here I am like, you know, I mean, I wasn't saying he knocked down the towers and I'm crazy, but I'm like literally just going at him about a song. And it's so, yeah, no, I think he had the, had the nail on the head with that for sure. <laughs> Here's a, before we get out of politics, George Bush was visiting Nova Scotia for some kind of convention in like 2003. I was in like grade five or grade four and me and my older brother protested outside of our school and we we're the only ones protesting. And the school was like, <laughs> you guys can go home. Like nothing's happening. We thought like of news, we were like, he's not, we're not letting him in Nova Scotia, <laughs> but no, that's that's so shit, sweet. Sh- shit didn't work. Man. <laughs> his speeches are hilarious. Man. He's got the best speeches ever. I, I love his relationship with Michelle Obama. That shit kills <laughs> me. Family Guy did a funny uh, depiction of him in an episode once where and it was re- pretty funny. Like Michelle gives him candy every time they see each other. <clears throat> but um, yeah, oh, man. So moving on to a subject that I think is very prevalent, especially right now uh, with you is um, something that I want you to elaborate on. I don't want to speak anything wrong because it's a very real subject is um, uh, you've mentioned throughout the, the, the episode is rest in peace to your dad. And I just want to speak about justice for Charlie and, and everything that goes on with it right now. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. Um, 
So basically, uh, you know, to, to catch anybody up, my father passed away on September 1st, 2019. Um, they thought that he had a leak in his aortic stent. Then they x-rayed mid-July and said he didn't. Then two weeks later, they're like, oh, we, we just want to go tighten it up. They went in. They said there was no leak when they opened him up. So they went in for no reason, closed him up. Within 24 hours, he had an infection. And just a cascade of just failure from the time he went in led to him dying in 30 days. Just like brutal, just awful. You know what I mean? Like, and again, I, I, my, I lost my mother to cancer. Cancer is rough, too. But this was different, you know. So uh, immediately within a couple of weeks, I'm like, man, there's something wrong here. They did some stuff wrong. So in Pennsylvania, you have two years to file medical malpractice, two years. Um, now, for a, a, a layman person, that might seem like an adequate time. But my own, I learn as my own journey goes on, the first thing is lawyers in malpractice cases only want to take slam dunks. And this is literally verbatim what some of them have said. One said, you know, like we look for gross negligence, like if they were supposed to operate on your left leg and operate on your right, this is what you should get paid for, I guess. Or, you know, infection's hard to prove. Like if you can prove he'd like dropped the uh, scalpel in the toilet and then picked it up and just started work. How can I, I'm telling you, my dad went in 24 hours later <laughs> and ended up with an infection. So uh, long story short, so as short as possible, Legally, the hospitals in Pennsylvania have 30 days to get your medical records to you. They took 43 days to get me mine. The only way I got them was I made a tweet one night. I was at the bar and I'm like, at UPMC, you're going to pay for what you did to my dad. I get, a, I get a call the next day from the threat assessment team at the hospital. And I'm, they're like, uh, hey, we're just checking if everything's all right. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't have my medical records. I got them within 24 hours, which is like, so I got to, you got to be scared to give me one. So send me my medical records. Now, keep in mind in this two year period, you get five days for bereavement, five days out of 730 days, you get to just bury your loved one, scrape together the cost, process what happened, go to the funeral home, tell everybody uh, you know what I mean? Then, you know, my father is in that two year period. You got to get all his stuff out of his house or whatever. You got to close down his accounts. You got to call all these different places to let them know he died. Figure out what happens to his automobile. Um, make sure that you are the the um, power of attorney. All these things. C countless. And it, I'm a father too, so I got my son to raise. You know what I mean? I got a life to live. Five days later, I'm back at work. So I say that to say 43 days. Now I'm reaching out to lawyers as often as I can. Um, turn down majority of them. So I, I majority of them didn't even look at the medical records. They heard my story and they heard and they're like, yeah, with infections, we tend. So finally I get a lawyer that's like, I'll see the medical, I give them the medical records. And this is about six months ago. So it's about a year and a half after my dad. And he calls me, he goes, you know, these are incomplete. I said, what? 
He said, yeah, they left out a lot of important information. I said, I couldn't believe it. They let me go 11 months with insufficient medical on purpose just to fuck with me. So I call, I had to get a HIPAA form, send it. They sent it back. Uh, that took another 10 day or week or whatever. So then he, he thoroughly looked over at this guy for um, two months, combed over with this other guy. He goes, man, this is one of the most complex cases I've ever seen. He goes, in 25 years, I've never seen nothing like it. He goes, it's the problem is when it's complex, it favors the hospital, right? He goes, and he goes, and this is another problem you run into. He goes, your father was 70 and he had some comorbidities. Now, for those that don't know comorbidities, you get, if you have cancer five years ago, you beat it. It's gone. No traces. You're, that's comorbidity. You're, you know, you're, you're someone who had whatever. So it wasn't lucrative enough. So he didn't take it. So I started looking into how is the statute only two years? And I did some research and the statute in Pennsylvania for receiving stolen property is five years. So that means four and a half years later, somebody gave you a stolen TV from Walmart. They could show up at your door. But my father, who died, dead, no longer here. And you also find out that the, in court, they have a formula to determine what your loved one is worth. It's cold, bro. Like, was he working? How old was he? He had comorbidities. It's not a lot of money. And you're like, wow, how can you, so how does that even, how is that feasible? So what is a 10 year old's worth? Who's to say that person wouldn't have been the president, you know what I mean? Like, or a baby or an, or a 70, what if my dad was 70, could have lived to be 103, you know what I'm saying? Like, so um, I decided, man, you know what? My inbox was flooded. People were like, you know, I did my album. I, I did it. My album was called Charlie. Dedicated to my father. Every song is something that he would say, like one of his, you know, kind of things. And I, I thought, I'm like, man, listen, if, if I can't get justice for myself, I want to change the statute. And later on down the line, it'll open doors for so many people to get so much you know, more time and money. That So Pennsylvania has a two-year statute. Yet Pennsylvania in the 50 states has the second highest payout per year for medical malpractice. Second. Only behind New York. They're ahead of California. They're ahead of Texas. Second, Pennsylvania, there's 14 states that have a higher statute than Pennsylvania, okay? The highest is Minnesota with four years. Minnesota pays out or $48 million a year. Pennsylvania pays out $374 million a year. Pennsylvania also has 23 per 1,000 people are a victim of medical malpractice. Minnesota's 18. So like, why does Minnesota have twice the statute we have? Of those 14 states, only three of them have more incidents of medical malpractice per 1,000 people. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So even if I could change it, so my father, they make it three years. And this, this, will, this will be a process. That's some time that people can just, because some of this stuff, seriously, like we, we talked about mental health earlier, like I'm just thankful that I don't have 
PTSD from what I saw and what I saw every day when I went in. You know what I mean? And my brothers are just not in a good place. And like two years, and that's with the hospitals fucking with your medical right. If you think I'm the only person they did, the lawyers weren't even surprised. They're like, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. What do you mean it happens? It's legally not supposed to. And it's like I equated to this, man. It's like having a big brother, which is the lawyers, to fight a bully only to find out your big brother's a pussy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's like, well, is the law, you know, so your big brother's like, is the bully like small? Is he like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's Perfect what analogy. it is. Yeah. And all these lawyers in Pittsburgh, they live in the same, they're all in the same building. They're all friends. Think about that. They get paid handsomely if they win. So if you get a settlement, you get $300,000. You don't really got to work again until the next. Why would you take on a case that's. And again, so I, I, you know, the news is I have been in talks with an attorney that he is trying to represent. Which is a good, very huge, good step. But we need to come out of pocket for it. So I am paying medical experts myself because in Pennsylvania, another thing is you can't sue a hospital or a doctor unless you have another doctor to look at your records and go, yeah, they did something wrong here. Just to get that doctor to look at it, three grand, four grand, five grand. But if you want to sue a teacher, you don't, you don't need another teacher. If you, if, if, you know what I mean? So, and I, I mean, I get you can't open down, open the floodgates for medical malpractice. And I don't think doctors are horrible people. And I don't, I'm not trying to start a witch hunt. It's not like that, but it's about accountability and responsibility, man. And there's just levels of failure that happened during my father's case that are just, to me, just mind blowing, man. So I do have a petition started. Um, and the idea that, that is to gain traction to send this petition to my senators and my state legislatures in Pennsylvania, um, you know, I have the shirts and the hoodies and the merch. Any profits from that go directly to the medical expert. Um, so I think I'll be paying one this week to look at, you know, had they should they have, you know, because there's so many different areas of people that were involved with my dad's case. And, and again, it's an exhausting, exhausting battle because I don't before this, I always thought like, OK, hospital knows best. They want what's, what's right. But at the end of the day, when the hospital don't even give me my medical records and I find out you got $615,000 out of my dad, my dad made probably $12,000 a year. You got 615 grand off them and you got paid every penny and you can't give me my medical records and at least give me a fair shake. You're probably going to smoke me anyway because you're a multi-billion dollar, but I don't even care. I want to pull you into court. The doctor who did the operation on my father never showed up again. He was supposed to come when we were sitting down talking about basically giving my pops the old yellow treatment. He said he had prior obligations, never showed up. So again, there, there's so much to unpack. I know it's every time I talk about it, it seems like kind of like a lump, but it is, it's, I, you figure a different layer every time, man. So um, yeah, but just people that are like, how can we help? Just sign the petition, man. It don't take more than a couple seconds. You don't have to be from Pennsylvania. You can be from Nova Scotia or Scotland or whatever, man. It's in, 
watch the video that's attached. You don't have to even watch it. Just sign your name, man. Like, you know, and um, like I said, we have the, the shirts are just so if someone sees them, they go, what's that for? And you explain them. Medical error is the third leading death, third leading cause of death in the United States. It is below only cancer and heart disease. 225,000 to 400,000 people per year die of medical error in the United States. And that's, I'm no, I wanted you to, to sell the story. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I mean, I can say sorry, but I can't, all I can do is support. And so what I did was sign the petition. And what I'm going to do at the, is uh, people are listening in the description of the episode, I'm going to link the petition and I'm also going to link the merch because anything you can do helps. So whether it be signing the petition, whether it be buying some merch, whether it be watching the video, whether it be all three, which I please suggest you to do is, um, is just, it's going to help in whatever we can do. And I think a big thing about what I've learned and in, in, in you explaining this is another thing that I spoke about earlier is you keep learning through life and you see things that you might've th- thought were right that are wrong. And so you're spreading awareness on that and you're spreading awareness upon your father. And I think it speaks volumes for you to not be facing it upon yourself, but it being justice for Charlie. And so please, everybody, let's, let's make this right. Let's, let's get justice for Charlie. And thanks for speaking Appreciate on that. that I, you no, know, I, no, no. Thank you again for extending your platform, man, for sure. Yeah, bro. And um, uh, like anything else other than that before we before we sign off? Nah, man, that's just it. You know, the petitions are on, it's on all my social media in my bios, all that stuff, um, you know. And if you are somebody who has a loved one in a hospital, and it, I've gotten a lot of messages from Canada as well. Like it's not ask every question. Be kind to the nurses. A lot of times they are left in the trenches. You have a right to know. Ask what is the most aggressive form that you can pursue as a family member, because oftentimes to soften the blow, they won't tell you that. What, okay, what could happen? It's a a tough situation to have to tell someone like, look, this is the health of your loved one, but give it to me straight. What do we... You know what I mean? Ask every question, take pictures, write down notes from blood pressure to treatment that's being done to antibiotics. Educate yourself or your loved ones in there. And that is no knock on doctors. I would say to do the same as a school teacher. If you're sending your kid to school, what are you learning, son? What did you guys talk about today? What'd you do in this class? What are you doing in this class? Just any, you know, anyone that you have a loved one in, you're vested in, man, ask questions and the medical field is no different. So yeah, Sign a petition, man. It, it, would, it would mean a lot to me. Um, the album, merch, any kind of proceeds. Again, the profits go directly to. I'm going to, you because my statute ends September 1st. Um, even if we get a ton of, you know, the likelihood is, you know, I have again, I have a lawyer, but now we're in the part process where we have to get a medical expert. So they have to take time, look it over, and then if, and you know, so we're at the 11th hour. So appreciate everything, though. Hundred percent, man, and um, I don't want to end it on a on a on the note, but it's something that we needed to. It needs to be spoken about, and I I don't I don't just have people on to to be a fan. I'm from them. I need to speak about what they do and who they are and how they influence people and inspire people, just like you do to me. And uh, let's just pray. Let's pray for the best. Hope for the best. Whatever you do. Um, thanks for being on, man. Really appreciate it. To the fans, the listeners, really really surprised with how things are working out with this. Um. And keep 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 listening. I'll keep trying my best. Um, I'm gonna end the call now with uh, 
Trevor, aka Real Deal. Um, we're going to say thanks to him after. And um, yeah, please check out everything that we've spoken about. It's really important and it's real life. So thanks to the listeners. We'll see you all next week.